All right, here we are, episode number seven, and I'm stoked to be joined by uh, Rod Drury today. He first came on my radar a few years ago when he was pedaling up the, uh, the Skyline Access Road on an e-bike heckling at the trail crew there, and given us also sorts, heaps of uh, advice on the way down of how we could do it better. But yeah, um, I thought I was saying, well done, boys. <laughs> it, it was, uh, yeah, lots of compliments as well. <laughs> no, it was mostly compliments. Um, and then, yeah, then again, when you got obviously helped the club with the uh, um, hot rod trail as well. I think that's when I started to really take notice of who this man was pedaling up the access road, and that turned out to be Rod. Uh, so thanks for coming to join me, Rod, for this. Congratulations, seven episodes. It's good. Really, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've actually really been enjoying it. It's, a, it's a, just sort of nice to hear a bit more of the stories, and I'm really enjoying watching the racing this year, so getting the people that have sort of been in the cruise, giving them a perspective of what, giving all of us a perspective of what's really going on is super interesting. Mm, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting some of the guys back as well over, from overseas and picking their brains a bit more about what happened yeah. when they're over there. It's always like quite exciting. But yeah, um, but we're here to talk about you today and a few more projects that you've been helping the, uh, the Queensland Mountain Bike Club sort of facilitate this, uh, this winter and moving forwards. The freshening. The freshening. Hashtag the freshening. We're going to do it. Yeah, so... Follow that hashtag, hopefully. There'll be a few more things popping up on that on Instagram and even Facebook and hopefully in a few more places. There should be a lot happening this winter. Uh, but we'll start with just yourself, Rod. Yeah, yes, yeah. so I came, um, uh, uh, I was really into skateboarding when I was younger and used to you know, read all the skateboard magazines and then snowboarding appeared and I must have been in, in the late 80s when I, when I got a snowboard, never seen the snow before, so hitchhiked down here. And um, the first season up on Coronet Peak, I think we started the Coronet Peak and Remarkables annual drinking event uh, <laughs> back then. That was good fun. And yeah. then um, came to Queenstown probably every two or three years, you know, we just start sort of working and, you know, you come down here for holiday and never skiing. Never really thought I'd um, end up sort of being down here full time. I was more into the beach and surfing, that sort of stuff. But um, but I stopped working about three or four years ago. I'd... I'd um, so you dubbed yourself as fun employed. Yeah, fun employed. So, <laughs> yeah, our business, um, uh, Zero, the online accounting product, we, um, yeah, it's just a full-on business. And yeah. it, you know, one of those 24 by 7 businesses, I remember one Christmas a few years ago, just seeing what was going on, and there was like 20,000 people on the servers doing their books on Christmas Day. So it's really one of those sort of roller coasters that, that, that you couldn't get off. So sort of got up to a certain size, I think there were about 2,500 people. And um, the opportunity came uh, to step away and let someone else come and run the business. And when you're working 24-7 and, and have those many people, you don't really want to go back and work. So I was keen to find something else that I could do that wasn't work. And, and I'd always had bikes. You know, we, we, uh, uh, I sort of grew up in Wellington doing lots of windsurfing. So everybody um, mountain biked. And we tried to sort of go for a mountain bike in the morning. And it was, you know, pretty janky stuff back in those days. You know, the old giant bikes. Remember yeah, those yellow yeah. and pink ones? <laughs> and um, so, so I had always done it. It was, it was always pretty hard work. Um, but I was really into windsurfing and really liked the beat. So I hadn't really been here for a summer. Yeah. And then I had my first summer here two or three years ago. And I was like, this is pretty fun. And then um, I came down uh, with a few friends. And we met up with a mate of ours, Chris Dawson. And he took us up Skyline the first first time i hired some e-bikes you know some of those first ones that weren't that great yeah but it was uh i remember going up we sort of rode up the access road 
and uh, came down Hemis for the first time. And it was really the first time I'd been on a trail with berms and proper trail. And I was like, holy shit, this is pretty cool. And, you know, we were just blown away because it was our very, very first proper mountain bike trail. It wasn't like a janky kind of Wellington-style yeah, trail. first sort of flow, real man-made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought, this is almost <laughs> as fun as snowboarding. So, and then um, what I love about, um, about biking is, you know, it's not so weather-dependent. You know, with snowboarding or surfing, the tide's got to be right, the wind's got to be right, all those sort of things. But with biking, you can pretty much go every day, except for today, of course, because it's monsoon. But... Um, you know, you can actually go and you can set goals every day. Yeah. And I remember actually, um, it must have been about 18 months ago, someone mentioned there's this track called McNeely Gnarly. And yeah. so we, you know, went up there the first time, pedaled down, and it was like, holy shit, it's like Disneyland for adults. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and that was it, I was just totally hooked and yeah. uh, ended up buying a place down here and been riding almost every day since. Yeah. I'm just going to backtrack a bit, get to uh, back to Zero. Yep. So that was, uh, I guess, your final company that you you founded zero yeah yeah and yeah then that was about my fourth one that was, so that was your fourth company so yeah. what were the so in the tech industry is your background yeah yeah i just really like software i remember at school i got into programming and i just loved the idea that you could use your brain to make machines and you could build something that that uh, was basically selling while you were sleeping yeah so it seemed like it had infinite scale and i just love loved um programming yeah. So um, yeah, we went and worked for Arthur Young, Ernst and Young. It is now big, big um, accounting firm, and then peeled off pretty early and had our own little um, uh, software company, and then uh, did sort of more and more of those things, and they just got bigger and bigger. Yeah. And then and then just gave you the opportunity now to jump out and be fun employed. Yeah. But you still, um, you know, get involved in a lot of projects. Obviously. We're going to talk about the Queenstown mountain bike stuff. Yeah, but yeah, you uh, you've got the brewery down the road and the cargo, yeah, which you uh, obviously quite invest a lot of time in and a few other things. So what of a little? We'll talk more about the mountain bike projects you've got later. Yeah, but of a little um, sort of investments like that, I guess. Or yeah, well, what do you call? What do you see them as? Are they? These little things like cargo is that an investment or is that just another passion project similar to? It's like, just fun. It just felt like. Um, you know, I sort of driven past a few times, and I'd always, I always thought when I was driving into town, trying to tr- trying to get a good coffee or get some eggs for breakfast, that you know you had to go into town. It was hard to park, and I thought it wouldn't be great if there was something at Arthur's Point because it seems like a pretty pretty neat place. And then I saw that Gantley's was there. I went in the first time. And actually, was pretty pretty cool. It had you know nice floors and it looked like a pretty relaxed place. Got to know Malcolm there, and I heard it was for sale. So I just thought it'd be a fun community thing to do. And um, so it's been quite a good project in there. You know, we've done the outdoors. Mm, yeah. um, Henry Devereaux just put an awesome fireplace in there. We're just about to do all the do, do all the new bathrooms. We want to yeah. have the best female toilets in Queenstown if we can. <laughs> and um, we just hopefully uh, hopefully at consent stage for putting a brewery at the back. But the idea is it's a really cool community place, and uh, you know it's fun being involved with it. You know, we like supporting small business and seeing what Malcolm and the team are doing there. And, you know, it's got <coughs> vegan options on the menu and there, there'll be a lot of things we can do. One of the fun things we actually haven't talked about yet, but uh, where that cafe area is at the moment, we're keen to put a vlogging lounge in. Yeah. So, you know, you, you think about all the famous um, skiers and snowboarders that come here over winter and bikers over summer, and, and those vloggers like Sam Pilgrim and Matt Jones, they all love being in Queenstown. And the reach they have to the global mountain bike community and, you know, global snowboarding community and all that is huge. 
But if they're vlogging, they're often, you know, they, they, they're out all day and then they've got to sit in their hotel room or a pretty shitty apartment or something for a few hours doing all of that. So we thought, well, we could, you know, get fiber in there, give them really good internet access, allow them to do their work and eat healthy while they mm. can kind of see what's going on. And we can set it up so it's really welcoming for them. And then the community can get involved and meet those sort of mm. famous people coming through. So I think that was actually one of the see. reasons for getting involved with Cargo and wanting to do it was to create that environment where, we're, where the locals can interface with the best people in the world. Mm. Well, yeah, I only, you know, how long have you owned it for now? A couple of years or? Not well, I just own the building and the, and yeah. the space, but it's Malcolm's business. Yeah, yeah, because I've, I've been there a lot over the last couple of years at least, but before that never really went yeah and whether it is through you know of this the the change of you've made or the management of the building or you say just malcolm's the does he still lead the charge or do you have quite a bit of an input into oh no it's their business i'm just 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 the the landlord just the friendly landlord (laughs) but you know there's other companies like um atlas and all that have been supporting the mountain bike community for a long time Mm. um so uh you know i think there's a there's a few other places as well that have been you know really good for biking and skiing but it, but it really wasn't much over this side of town, and yeah. you know it was close to me. So, well, it's really taken off here, right? It's really, yeah. it's a good spot, and every time I go there, it's not. It's always quite a good atmosphere as well. It's not yeah. quite quiet. It's tap and ice, but lots of quite a local scene now as well in Athens yeah. Point itself. So it's I mean, one of the one of the one of the really positive things of this whole COVID situation is without having visitors here for the last year and me being here for two years, is you, you kind of get to see who all of the locals are. Mm. And it's been great getting to know, you know, getting to know all of uh, the characters and being part of a community. And um, you know, so while it's been hard for a whole lot of people, the you know, the um the nice thing about COVID, if there's any positive things to take out of it, is we have had this time We've had a pause, and you get to get to know who the people are, and then so when when the when the tourists come back, you know we'll all know who each other are, which is pretty nice. Mm. I think this has been an awesome year to see quite a lot of the um, the old school locals, if you like, having the ability to get to know all the all the guys that have recently come to town in the last few years. Yeah, uh, not that it was particularly hard, but I guess with it being such a transient town. And if you're trying to make friends, well, you do, you naturally make friends and they all leave. It does become quite hard to, to live here full time if you make quite a nice connection with someone and then six months later, you don't see them again. Yeah. And to do that year on year becomes quite, you know, I don't know, it does become quite, um, not frustrating, but almost like quite um, demoralizing maybe would be the word. I'm not yeah. sure, but for you can definitely see why people do kind of retract and then stick to their core groups. Yeah. And then this year... Obviously, the only guys that are left in town are guys that are probably going to stay here for a while. So it's been awesome to see. Yeah. And what's been surprising is you would think, because of the quality of the of um, you know all of the sports people here, you would think it'd be a you know wouldn't be as welcoming. But I found it completely, completely the opposite. Everyone's been really friendly. You know, the amount of girls that are out riding on the trail is nuts. I didn't mm. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize there was so many you know groups of just amazing females. And you know when you when you go down to um, had a midi dream and you see you know a whole lot of them doing backflips and all that sort of stuff it's just nuts so but but everyone's so welcoming and because i've been learning you know learning the sport mm. and uh you know you get down the bottom of of uh, mcneely and people will just give you um you know some good tips moving forward and all done in a very positive way so it's a very mm. inclusive place yeah absolutely yeah. i think the progression you see here is definitely drove by the people you get to ride with. Yeah. The tracks themselves, I think, do come in harder than maybe anywhere else you'll go riding. But like you say, fortunately, you've got the locals here and 
the people that will give you the knowledge to know the best way to uh, attack the trail. Yeah, I mean, they won't take you to all the tracks, but no. you know, but the ones that people know about, that'll be good. I mean, I, 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 I can remember watching through, you know, for the last few years, so, you know, I love watching vlogs. One of my favorite ones um, is Koa Rothman, the surfer on the North Shore. And, um, you know, sometimes you're sitting there watching them, you know, imagine being able to live on the North Shore with a pipeline just in your backyard and you get to surf that every day. But I feel like that with biking, like we live in the place where all of that is available to us. So I have, you know, friends that come down all the time. You know, the reason I've got so many bikes is because, you know, I can have four mates down. So five of us in the car. So you need, you know, five or six e-bikes, you need five or six downhill bikes. So um, and then when they come down here, this this is their fantasy. It's what they look forward to. And mm. for us being able to do it every single day, it's just nuts. Like if you had said 18 months ago when I first saw McNeely Gnarly that I'd actually get my wheels off the ground. <laughs> and just over the last month, the progress has been huge and I can you know land pretty much every one except for that, that football field one with the two sticks pretty early up. Yeah. Um, uh, I can pretty much land all of them now. And you know I wouldn't have thought that I'd be able to jump like that. Yeah. It's just so good. It's awesome, yeah. yeah. Obviously getting to ride with Lucy Heap, she's been picking it up over the last year. Yeah. Same with her. Her progression rate has been staggering really yeah, yeah. i've been pretty, really stoked to see how she's progressed on the bike and i think she has as well yeah it's actually quite a contradicting thing right because all of us now wish that we were bmx bandits when we were young uh, but still you see people that have learnt the sport in the last couple of years just completely sending it mm. but you know it can't end well no no yeah i'm injured at the moment so it does just come with the territory sometimes but and look at the front door and your single shoe sitting there it's very sad yeah, it is quite a quite a pitch sight to see <laughs> But uh, so is that what attracted you down to Queentown? Was it the community, the trails, uh, a bit above the? Because you say snowboarding was the initial sort of introduction to the town. Yeah. And the mountain biking's been the more. What has been in the more of recent years? Yeah. So it was the trails, knowing I could do something every day. But you know what I love it, and and then then the community came from that. So mm. you know, came for the trails. You know, staying for the people maybe. Actually, the trails are really good. <laughs> yeah. And. Um, uh, and it's also it's a real crossroads. So, you know, now I'm sort of not not really working full time. Like being in Wellington, where I was working, um, you know, I don't really want to work. You know, I'm just not part of that sort of group anymore. And um, and I'm still out there for kids uh, uh, frequently. But um, what I love about Queenstown is everyone comes here twice a year. Yeah. So I actually find you catch up with friends more here. And when yeah. they're here, they're not sort of racing to the next thing. They mm. want to you know stop and have dinner or been taking out people for a ride and it's fascinating you know I'll um, take take people out on the eaves that haven't ridden a bike for 20 years mm. and you know sometimes they just come down here maybe do a bit of skiing to, to do some drinking they'll still do that yeah but if you take them you know their first little playbook is that ride around Lake Hayes and it's the first time people have been on a bike since you know since they were kids yeah <laughs> and then they start getting into it they actually and end up now having a whole bunch of business meetings so if people want to catch up and pitch a business to me they kind of worked out that um, no, I'm not going to sit and have a meeting with them, but if we go riding, that'll be fun. Yeah. So that's how you get into your ear. Yeah, it's a good filter. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is pretty good. Because, uh, yeah, you've obviously set yourself up to a position where you can live kind of wherever you want, I guess, within reason. Yeah. And you've you've chose Queenstown, so it's been pretty fortunate. I think for, the, uh, for me as a mountain biker in the mountain bike club and the community, obviously, like I say, the, the first time that you really... Got my attention was when I heard the uh, the donation you made to help get that hot rod trail, which is the track that comes down from Coronet Peak, and then from that, it's you know the the scope on the place is 
kind of been pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. So we started, you know, there's a bit of a story to that. So started about two years ago. So when I first started writing, you know, went up and did um, Rude and then up to, um, you know, a McNeely and to Seven Mile. And, you know, you see the little markers and that they were, you know, the trails were done by the mountain bike club. Mm. And I hadn't realised how much effort of volunteers for years and years and years had gone on those trails. And especially seeing McNeely for the first time, I mean, that's a serious, you know, properly built trail, right? Yeah. And um, it just blew me away that that sort of infrastructure was there. Even um, a rude rock that was famous before I, you know, I, I kind of knew it, knew about it before I got into it, got really back into biking. And so you could see the massive amount of effort that had gone on. And what I realised was, um, unlike ski, with ski there's strong actors. You know, you've got NZ Ski, you've got uh, the Wayfarer Group. So you've got proper businesses, or proper marketing people. You know, they can go and work with council. People understand ski and there's um, businesses that are there advocating for ski and making sure that all the right things are happening. Mm. But bike isn't. It's much more of a community thing. Mm. And But I think it has, you know, probably, if not now, then in the future, it'll have a bigger impact on the local community yeah. than, than, than skiing itself. Absolutely. It's so accessible. Yeah. You know, you can't say, oh, maybe if you're in Tokyo or well, not in Japan or... Yep. In the middle of France, maybe in the winter you can go skiing out your front door, but you know, everywhere else you've got to drive to the mountain, get up there, and it's just quite a bit of a yeah. mess around to get up there. With mountain biking, doesn't matter what the weather's doing, yep. you just open your door, get your bike, and then where we are, we can just jump straight into it. Totally, and it's 12 months a year. I mean, mm. even on a good snow day, you know, after, after um, coffee at 11 if you had sort of five or six runs i'm kind of done yeah and then i'll you know over last winter go and do seven mile a little bit and get some bike exercise and um so yeah so so i thought it'd be good to um you know see if i can get some more trails built so i approached um adam carlson who was the president back there and said look you know um maybe i could give you guys some money can we build some more trails and he said actually that's not the problem the problem is maintenance mm. so um so we committed to give the give the club 100 grand a year just to put on a put on um as a maintenance budget and the idea there was to allow um people to you know be the people that are inside the club the volunteers we could take on a half-time person to help with permitting and that sort of stuff mm. and actually run a proper maintenance program. And I thought it'd be a good way just to sort of prove to the council and to the sort of tourism groups that biking was, um, was important. Yeah. And, and that was a really good experience. And then the hot rod opportunity came up and, you know, I used to uh, ride my, <laughs> ride my e-bike up, um, up, the, up the climb, you know, at the back of Coronet Station Road. There was a climb up and then you'd go all the way to the top, come down, come down rude, and then you'd kind of come back down a normal mm. kind of... Um, uh, road and it was like that, that's a waste of elevation so yeah. I said like you know how come it doesn't go to the valley floor and it turned out that the uh, trails trust and the mountain bike club had already been working on it and that project was ready to go it just needed funding and, and it actually wasn't that expensive mm. so that was a good experience and and kind of funny story about that is um we were talking about as we talked about the track I just called it hot rod every time they said <laughs> that track I'd say hot yeah. rod which sounds like a really good idea right until it gets launched and it and there's a new track, Hot Rod. Yeah. And here's Rod. <laughs> anyway, that was fun. We so won't do that. We'll do yeah. that again. Don't use my name again for yeah, a trail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then so that was a good experience. And then um, uh, then I was like, oh, can we do more? And um, uh, and I'd, I'd been riding Skyline quite a bit as well. And it just seemed like, you know, it, it, and I got to know you guys, and I realised for the impact that Skyline has on the town, 
um, you know, there's really not a lot of sort of funding to do to to how to make it better. So I uh, started sort of thinking about, you know, I had in mind that, um, you know, building some more trails down here, we, we could really make a difference to the community. Mm. And it's also, it's fun, right? Selfishly, Absolutely. it's fun to have all yeah. the good trails. So I started really thinking about well, what could we actually do? Could, could we go bigger? And, um, and then sort of had this, sort of started to talk to Destination Queenstown and uh, uh, the biking community, met the, um, met the owners and operators of Skyline. And it started really, and I'd also, you know, been riding um, up on Coronet and Cadrona and got to know the Glendu people pretty well. And just, and you could sort of see that we, we kind of have a right to be the whistler of the Southern Hemisphere, mm-hmm. and we should be. And we were probably known as that. But, yep. but other things are happening around the world, right? So yeah. you've got um, Derby in Tasmania, Benton, um, uh, Bentonville in the States, the mm. Walmart town where they've spent millions on trails to attract people to work uh, for Walmart, work in that town. You've got um, uh, Warburton being proposed outside of Melbourne. Yeah. And I was kind of thinking, I was getting a little bit worried that if we don't invest in, our, in, in biking in Queenstown, then um, you know, we, we don't become one of those places that you have to go. You know, this is the place where everyone in the world who bikes yeah. should, should aspire to be here. Mm. And you know, I spoke to council a bit and just realised that, especially with COVID and that, there just wasn't, it just wasn't anywhere near the top of the list for funding. Yeah. So I, I figured you know, I've done okay and it'd be good to, I thought it'd be a really good bang for the buck to, to go serious. Mm. So we've committed you know, quite a lot of money to, um, uh, to do, do quite a few projects. So, so one is to um, you know, do, do, do a big freshen up of Skyline. Yep. And part of it too was, you know, we have a unique opportunity. We've got some of the best trail builders in the world, you know, Tom and Kep and, and Remy and, all, you know, all those guys, they're the best in the world. Normally they'd be off to do crank work somewhere, so we have a time to keep them there. Mm. And also what's happening around New Zealand is other towns are working out that good trails need good trail builders. So I was kind of a bit worried that we were going to get all of our great trail builders pulled up to other places as well. So it sort of made sense, I think, to um, invest a really good good amount of money so that our great trail builders would stay around for the winter, but also we can give Skyline a big, a big refresh and um, uh, just get it back to how it should be. Mm. We'd like, I think we'd like to do more, but then you run into council and permissions yeah, and all you of get those the red things. Tape in the way. But it's looking pretty exciting, and it feels like it was long overdue. Yeah. Why do you think... Because you've obviously you've come here, you've started riding, you've got involved in the scene, and you've you you've thought this is incredible. It needs more funding. The mountain bike club, I think, is like the biggest club we've got in Queenstown. Why do you think it's taken for you to get involved to really, you know, get that recognition from people like the council? Do you think that's fair to say? Or like, you know, for me, it'd be a I'm quite biased. I think being in the mountain bike community already. <clears throat> But it feels like I know since I come here, it's always felt like a mountain bike cha- town. Yep. And I feel like it should have always uh, been labelled, or maybe not always, but been labelled that a few years ago. And it feels like only just I've and because due to your influence, I think that the people have really started to take notice. And do you think? Why do you think that is? Other than obviously your well, well because it's not a commercial business, right? Yeah. So you don't have the you know, NZ Ski and Wayfarer Group, which do a great job on ski because they get your professionals get paid to do it, yeah. and, and the money goes straight to the ski field. You can see the money, you can count the money. Yeah. Whereas you can't. You just know that it's out in the community, right? If yeah. there's more and more people coming through, 
So I think it's just a bit of an education process. So the, the reason for doing the first amount of money was to um, you know, start to meter what was going on so we could see, look, we spent this much money and this is the return we got back. Yeah. But I just think it's so obvious that there's no point waiting, we'll just go. Mm. And I think in terms, especially with the COVID situation, I think there's an obligation on people like me to um, you know, be able to help out when they can. And if you look at the kind of hierarchy of trails, like there needs to be like a healthy pyramid. So we've got lots of grade one ones and grade two trails, like the network of um, those beautiful trails for gravel biking and families. That's re that's that's awesome. Like some of the best in the world, and love getting out on the gravel bike and <coughs> and doing that. But that's pretty well funded. That's kind of like mainstream funding. So mm. um, the Trails Trust has done a great job of getting corporates involved. There's lots of um, of benefactors, they're a pretty well-oiled machine because it sort of suits that part of the market. It's a bit more corporate, but the the, the exciting part is the is is the extreme mountain biking. It's the people doing big jumps and you know like the sand pilgrims and um, you know all those sort of guys coming here. That's the that that's the thing that kind of sets the brand. Yeah, and that that and you've got to always have that really pointy end as well. So you've got yeah. to have that kind of healthy pyramid. Lots of sort of grade ones and grade twos. Yeah. Then some good grade threes and progress track, and we're probably a little bit light on that sort of two to mm. three. Yeah. So we need to fix that with a few projects, which which we can talk about. But then you've always got to be pushing forward, and I think Remy's really clear at this, right? You've got to just keep the the uh, the the state of the arts always changing. Yeah. And so you've got to make sure you're doing the pointy end, and you know part of the projects we haven't quite landed yet, but is to you know create an opportunity for Remy and those really top guys to do something where the global pros feel like they have to be here or they're not going to win Crankworks. Yeah. You know, so it's a getting all that balance through, but you got to, you got to, you know, you, you absolutely have to keep going because, you know, what was, you know, the best two years ago can, can be overtaken. Mm. And you can just see that with all the videos we watch of overseas, right? Yeah. Well, we've had, the, I think we're leading the way on the, uh, with the, the progression in the free rides sort of. Yeah. Seen a bit, you've, we've seen a lot of the girl, the girls scene, which you mentioned is very good here. Or like excellent here, yeah. And you see, we talk to I talk about Jess Blue a lot on this, and mm. she's like prime example of somebody coming straight out of Queenstown. Yeah, just watching her and Vinny just Vinny, Robin and doing their foundation event. Yeah, you got Robin as well. She yep. was the first girl to backflip at a female speeding style, which yep. I guess is come about through the uh, the Winyard Jump Park. Yep. And I, I think that is our. I feel like the Winyard Park we've got is what sets Queenstown apart in that freestyle progression yep. over any other of a place yeah and i think that's if we've got anything that's already above in its time i think the winyard park's pretty good yeah and i think yeah if we can keep that progression going it's going to be awesome yeah i mean i'm just so proud and, and so respectful of what um emerson and all the team down there have done it's yeah. just beautiful so you know we just put a thousand trees down there we've been doing a lot of work up on uh, tree space mount Jua, and um you know so a big theme of the valley as well as uh ecological restoration so mm. You know, and you get this kind of really interesting situation where we want to get rid of the of the wildings, but also the cover's great. Yeah. So, but you know, we do have to rip the bandaid off and get rid of some of those trees. So, being able to plant trees, and I just love that um, that the team down there had had built such a great community asset, and then being able to beautify it with trees, but also get those young riders coming through. Just as they grow up, those trees will grow up with them. Yeah. And that's so, uh, one of the, I think it's one of the nicest projects we've done over the last few months is yeah. getting that planted. So is this uh, so tree space, that's something else you're involved with? 
Yeah, so so Tree Space is Mount Dua, so that's the mountain just as you look at it to the left of Coronet Peak, and and so there's a guy called Adam Smith and his partner Mandy who own um, uh, the Sherwood. They have this vision for building a um, ecological community up there. So there's about fifty three sections, I think, and they they want to build uh, sustainable housing, and all of that kind of funds the reforestation of it. Yeah. So so I've got involved with that. Uh, as a shareholder as well and uh, we've just committed to we're doing uh, I think it's almost a 50 kilometer loop all the way around oh really yeah yeah so yeah. that's uh, we just kicked that off so uh, so Morgs and Henry Devereaux of the Southern Devereaux will be um, building that so they've been getting their diggers sorted and yeah. doing a lot of planning with JT out there for that cool. so so there's you know so we've so we've got the we've got the grade grade one and grade two trails all or yeah. the, the grade one trails all around the valley and, and, and Willie from the Trails Trust is just a legend, and he's really been helping out on uh, all the mountain bike stuff as well. So they've just got their approval or their resource consent to connect um, Arrowtown through to Arthur's Point and then into town. So yeah. that was a massive mm. process. And you know, like fighting Doc, Doc this... had a, did a 900-page submission against that project. Really? Which is nuts. So, so, it... so there's so much admin that's required. And again, we're talking to Doc about trying to fix this because it's just nuts. But you know, that, so, so we're getting these, these nice links because they're not just for you know, um, off-road. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but they'll be great for commuting from mm. you know, Arrowtown into Queenstown, which yeah. keeps everyone healthy and good. So that side's looking pretty good. And then we've got these just awesome, really big grade two and grade three trails. So, um, so Willie's been pushing for the last year, building a big loop around Coronet Peak. So from the bottom of, um, of um, uh, well, what is it, halfway up Coronet, down the back. Is that the water, oh, the uh, skippers? Yeah, yeah, down the bottom of skippers. Yep. So you go up there, and then I've ridden about 16Ks through it. That'll go all the way around to Mastown. So that'll be like really? a you know four or five hour fifty k e bike or an overnight and a yeah. on a normal bike for me it might be a whole week, um, <laughs> you know around the back and that's special right there's yeah. water races and an old gold hut so that's beautiful I think that's what so and that's old Dockland yeah that one yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. is that not so, I don't know really much about the the politics behind the the reason but is not one of the best things about having this landscape is the opportunity to be able to share it with people and. For me, I see mountain biking as being the tool to be able to get people to these places, and totally. So I don't see why docks. Yeah, and it's and, and it's getting rid of predators. It's you know something you know it's trapping. It's um, being able to plant, get rid of pine. So, and, and if you look at the values of dock and what they're trying to do, like biking and and, and trails is all about that. So yeah. there's just a bit of untangling that has to happen, but we are getting through the process. Mm. So that that sort of long distance, um, that long distance riding. You know, we should hopefully, towards the end of summer, hopefully, um, you know, in the second half of summer, that whole loop will open up. So that's a massive new asset. Yeah. Then the Mount Dua thing, that'll take a while, probably another season or two, but we'll have a close to town loop. Yeah. And the back country of that is just nuts. It's yeah. just beautiful there above the Shiloh. So we've got that going on. Then uh, we'll have Skyline. So having a big bite of that, and you can probably give us more of an update mm. of what's happening with that one. Then um, there's bits we can do inside Winyard. So um, I think Kep's going to do a trail from the table 
down to McNeely. Yeah, yeah, as an alternative to the Summon Run, which is the, yeah, the yeah. current way down, which is pretty gnarly, really. Yeah, yeah. I'll take your word for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty rainy when I went there uh, there the other day. To be fair. Yeah, and then um, you know Tom's always had a vision of that sort of face going across. Yeah, um, you know there'd be a lot of downhill we can do there, so there's a lot of work. That's the that. face that goes from Kelly's table across above Fernhill. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, 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 the, yeah. Below Ben Lund. Yeah, that is. Yeah, yeah. So it'd be nice to. I mean, that's a good direction to work on. So that's yeah. not approved yet, but mm -hmm. that obviously you go that way. There's talk of a um, of a trail from you know one mile park car park out to seven mile. Yeah, and just for safety reasons, mm -hmm. that should be you know that should be done. Yeah. And then, um, then kind of more long, so all that's happening. Uh, we've also, um, and it's been really fun working with the Skyline team, working with you guys. Yeah. So, um, so that'll be good. Also been talking to our Cadrona, they wanna do a little bit more, so we're supporting that. So once we get through the Skyline and Winyard projects that are in the program for this, um, for this winter, then as the snow line starts going down, we should be able to do a bit more uh, at Cadrona as well. So yeah. they're right into it. But you know that's a, they're making a big investment in that and it's not really washing its face yet. So mm. we kind of thought, because uh, we've been doing so much free riding, yeah. that we should um, you know, support those that have to you know, get a commercial return as well because they're, they're investing heavily. Yeah. So um, uh, there's some stuff going on at Cadrona and then also been working with Glendoo because they've done a done an amazing job and a really bold thing doing a business like that. Yes, yeah. So we wanted to give them a bit of support too. So there's a couple of trail ideas we have in mind there. And again, it's all the same people, you know, Tom yeah. and his crew have done some great work out there and there's some obvious uh, new trails that'll um, make that even better. Because what happens when people come he down here for a week, they have so much variety, right? Yeah. You, know, you can do a day on the downhill bikes on at um, Skyline, you can go up to Coronet Peak, you know, you go and do your jump laps yeah. in Winyard. What you can to, get in a couple of hours out of town yeah, via totally. even just via cars. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if there's many places yeah. quite like it really. Yeah, you've got Dunstan Trails, amazing and Yeah, that's just so opened up recently, yeah. yeah. Have you done it yet? No, no, I wasn't about to. About Actually to. here's a business opportunity for someone, or someone should. There must be some sort of twenty year old plus with a driver's license who <laughs> who's into biking. They could um, you know, drive to Clyde. And then ride their bike, and then meet people on the Cromwell side. Yeah, you know, swap bikes over. So whoever can drive over, jump on their bike, ride to Clyde, and they can throw their bike on the back of the truck. Yeah, and uh, you know, leave um, I leave the keys at Oliver, charge a like hundred bucks. Ballet service would be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. There's a hot tip from a. So we going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, so we talked a bit quickly about the. We've obviously got the development of the Skyline Hill. Yeah. So you mentioned that. So I'll. Jump in a bit on that. So, for the people, we obviously through Skyline, we've been kind of taking care of the maintenance within the the bike park over well since I've started, and yet over time it has that dirt has just came off the hill on via people's tires or even been washed out by the rain, and we currently don't have a a full time trail crew through Skyline. Although we do get out there, we're a quite small team, and we're also tied up with between that and you know general skyline operations so it became a bit of uh just for the, the the amount of riding it got on the hill it wasn't getting as much maintenance as what it could have and that this has obviously been identified by us and then rod you've been been able to get all the trail builders in and that's why we've now got 
what is it, five crews, including Skyline. So we've got Kep, Elevate Trail Building, or Kep's now Dirt Tech. Yeah. If anyone needs any more trails building somewhere anywhere else. Uh, Elevate, we've got South Star, um, Jacob and Remy are starting there their company as well which is flux trail hmm. uh, and then yeah we've got skyline as well and we've got i essentially put together a winter plan every year for what we want to get done and it for the most part we do get through every trail but it's not always to the to the level we'd like to so now with the the help of these other awesome trail builders it looks like we're gonna be able to get it done so the freshening the freshening <laughs> we're gonna hopefully have a few more photos upcoming soon i think we're going to start with uh, original squid run. Hammy's, upper Hammies is going to get another relay similar to what we did on the lower half. Um, there's going to be, you know, Armageddon's getting a bit beaten up at the moment, so that's going to get freshened up. Well, heck yeah, there's going to be heaps going on. Vertigo as well. But what... Um, and isn't that cool, right? Because, you know, because every rider in New Zealand has to come and do it this year, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think come spring, that is going to... The idea, I think, is to, like we say, we're calling it the freshening. And it is, that's what it is. So we're almost just resetting the hill to what it was before this dirt got ripped off by everyone's bikes, I guess. So some people sometimes call it dumbing down, but it's definitely, it's not that at all. There's All the trailers have their grades and they're not going to be toned down a grade. They're just going to be, they will be perceived as being a bit easier, but that's just because they're going to be, hopefully look less eroded by September. So that's that's awesome. I think there's uh yeah, keep your eyes peeled on Instagram for the I guess for the how things go through the winter on that. So we should be seeing some things soon. What uh so again you uh you've got all these trail builders involved. So it seems like you're very key in, you know, giving these guys you know, yeah, we've got these amazing trail builders and just keeping them into yeah. it. What's the yeah, well, I think that's you know part, part of us keeping them here and you know with COVID times giving them some certainty so they can plan. But also, what I love is they're growing their businesses, right? We're seeing new businesses grow in front of their mm. eyes, and as we get through this bit of work, they're going to get asked to to travel all around New Zealand. So hopefully, they'll bring on you know the next generation of young trail builders after that, and we just see the thing grow. And then when the borders open, they'll be able to go and you know we're building the best trails in New Zealand. Hopefully, they'll be able to travel and build their businesses globally and and bike and see the world through their great trail building which again just keeps building connections back to Queenstown. You know yeah. what's been great about watching the um uh, the last few World Cup events is you know just the impact that New Zealand and and all those New Zealand riders have you know spent a lot of time down here. I mean they're just going off. Yeah. And I watched that full Atwell video the other day. Yeah. Uh, with George. Oh my god. <laughs> down in yeah. It's just ripping. Yeah. <laughs> you know and and you know and you watch what Jess is doing and um uh, you know, and, and all the team, it's it's unreal. Like anyone who's biking wants to be here. Yeah. So we've got um, like Gorge Road as well. We talked about that briefly before we started. Yeah. So Gorge. Just so with all that good stuff we're doing, Gorge Road is a real slap in the face, and it, you know it's been a, been an issue for a long time. So, um, you know, effectively the, the council's doing a whole lot of waterworks projects, and they need somebody to put their pipes down. It's you know it's as it's as annoying as that. So. Um, they 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 had said they were going to build another park on Queenstown Hill, mm. and I didn't understand why Gorge Road was so important. You know, to me, you know, it's the BMX thing. I didn't really understand it, you know, until I went down and watched it, and I was like, oh my god! I mean, this yeah. is you know, it's just absolutely beautiful. And then you watch a few YouTube videos, but I was going up in the lift with some English guys one day, and what I realised was 
a lot of those English pros come down here or they can stay here for all of summer because of Gorge Road. They can keep that kind of intense dirt jump training going. Mm. So it's not just that it's a great facility. It's one of the essential reasons the top people come here and it allows them to come here for, um, for our summer, their winter. Yeah. And you can't, you know, even though, you know, if you aren't into biking, you think, okay, it's just get the bulldozers in and slap some dirt for a little bit. But there's, you know, 10 years of getting oh. each jump absolutely yeah. right. You can't replace that. Mm. And it has such a special place. So you know, I didn't really want to get pulled into it. But, you know, we've been, you know, because we do have a good relationship with the council and we are, we are educating them on the importance of bike. And so we've been pretty active in making the point that, look, we're doing all this good work and you know, spending quite a bit of money, it is it is a slap in the face if we lose Gorge Road, and especially mm. if we lose it before we've even before we built the other one, which was always going to be part of the plan. Yeah. So lots of people working on that, but if, but if you're out there and, and you're pissed off, you know, flick a note to to uh, to Jim or to any of the councillors and let them see because they just don't understand bike. Yeah. But the, I think they they're starting to. So, so the, so the more they hear about it, about the impact that it has, but you know, we've sent them you know some great videos. And great YouTube videos around the importance of Gorge Road, so I think they're getting it. Yeah. But the more they hear, and you know, so it's probably going to go, but the door's not totally closed. Last I heard, just this afternoon, is we've got a another a reprieve to the first of August, which gives the the council a bit more opportunity. Hopefully, they can find some other land where they can park pipes, mm-hmm. and um, also nathan and 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 a few others have been really proactive at look look um just keep the jumps and we can clear out the containers so yeah. you can put pipes down there yep but you'd, you'd think there'd be somewhere else in queenstown we could use and yeah we've also absolutely. said well what would it cost if we brought the land and then donated it back and you know you could put a skateboard bowl or anything down there as well and yeah. turn it, you know plant it light it turn it onto a first class facility so yeah be a real shame to lose. So you know, if you're pissed off about it, flick a note to one of the councillors. So you think there is a strength in numbers within town? Yeah, so I think they just don't know. So yeah. so people are, you know, the councillors and Destination Queenstown is is starting to understand bike, but it's a journey, right? Yeah. Because it's a new thing, and it's been a little bit underground. It's very community. It's never had kind of strong actors or commercial, um, you know, people that make money out of a business. So it's kind of you know there there isn't just a strong voice so it has to be voice and numbers yeah but it's a pretty special thing when you when you look at the history and you know you just watch videos all those top pros coming down and how well they regard it Mm. it's it is part of our biking identity and again if our strategy is to be you know whistler of the southern hemisphere it's a key component of it yeah with that whistler of the southern uh, southern hemisphere feeling well that can be queensland of the northern hemisphere that's what i was gonna say yeah Uh, this is i think my my thing I'd love to start to see is that it's, you know, Whistler's got the heritage. Yeah. Who who doesn't want to be Whistler, let's be honest. It's, and it's got an outstanding reputation and it's been there since day dot. But I feel like um, with the guys that we've already had coming to town year after year and the community we've got here and the, the riding we've got available, I think we need to we need to let people know that we're, we're not Whistler, we're Queenstown and we're- That's better. And we're we're better, yeah. yeah, we're, yeah. we're different, and we're yeah. we're better, and it's yeah. Because I, yeah. I think coming to New Zealand, the cool thing about New Zealand, this is in business as well as just sort of normal life. It's a fantasy destination. Mm. People want to come here. You know, it's the it's the other end of the world, and we're not competing with Whistler because it's different seasons, right? Yeah. So it's all part of the thing. But we want to be that must. Well, we should be that must do destination. And why do we want that? I mean, you could argue actually we don't want people riding our trails, but I think. Um, 
you know, we, we can have a positive impact on everybody. Mm. So if there's if it's the if it's the best place to ride, it can become the best place to live. People can have um, uh, uh, careers here. Their kids can stay here and not have to go somewhere else for school. Yeah. So by making it great and then getting the economic benefit distributed around all the small businesses that are here, then it does make it a you know great place to be. And you know, you know and it's all within our control. Like you know, yeah. I made a decision to move here, so you might as well make it the best community. It's not for someone else to go and do it. Mm. I think all of us can just make it better, and that you know may mean going. You know, you can help out by doing Wednesday night digs, doing some fundraising. We uh, Peter and I, the new um, president of the club. McNally, we went and spoke to the Chamber of Commerce and uh, a couple of Friday mornings ago and explained what we were doing and, and asked the businesses, like, you know, we want your order, you know, give us 10 grand a year because mm. you guys all benefit from it or um, adopt a trail, you know, yeah. get, like it's pretty common because it is, it is um, broadly distributed, all the benefits of bike are great, but, you know, it's, it's also really healthy and, you know, what a fun place to live. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I've been here just over seven years and never before moving out here, I never thought I was gonna stay here originally. Yeah, and I think I got maybe three months into the summer after spending because I got here at the start of winter, really. And then yeah, about three months. By the time we got to Christmas, I was like, "This is this is a lifestyle now. This is yeah, this is permanent." And I think it was the uh, <clears throat> I think mainly the community as much as the trails because yep. the trails are one thing, and we've got amazing trails in in the uk as well uh, but it's the the whole you've got the experience here i just had a pang in on the last pod, podcast and you got guys like pang and tom and all the you, you pete mcnally's as well yeah. you, how old's pete now and he's still shredding yeah. harder than me probably so yeah. <laughs> and it's just that whole community and that that way of uplift we all seem to uplift each other i think is it's incredible for personal um personal gain I think yeah. like physical personal gain yeah. I mean as much is it definitely elevated me to be a better rider which was always my what I always strive for and in Queenstown it just seems to be so easy not just because of the trials I think because of the guys that are here to push you on yeah and to make you look silly or on a bike so you've got to up your game to be competitive with them totally. whether that's a 12 year old kid or a yeah, seventy-year-old. But, but also for people that are still in business and doing great work, like biking, such a good thing if you can if you can regularly ride. So, one of the things I've always talked about is, um, you know, is and there's such a focus on wellness and those things. Like if your brain is a biological computer, by going out and sweating, by you know doing the manual climb up McNeely, you know you physically move everything around. You can't feel the same, so mm. it's a really good stress thing. And the other sort of big secret about uh, about sports like biking is your brain requires time for unconscious thought so you know you have all these problems and you set out for a ride and you then you start kind of riding up the hill always on the way down the the because you've been focusing on getting around the next corner you know you know what's mm. coming up that little pinchy climb yeah always on the way down your brains uh just put all the puzzle pieces in place and you have this euphoric feeling of your you've solved some of your big problems yeah like i get that all the time and biking just just immediately gets you into that state where you're focusing on you know what's in front of you and that that sort of 10 meters of dirt going up the hill yeah and you come down and, and your big problems are solved so i'll come back i'm sweating i'm writing notes i'm sending yeah. emails in the car because it just it just gets you into that state where you can be really effective so i've always found and i say this to people that are working seriously like take an hour a day out and go for a ride right up a hill 
sweat has some fun coming down and it'll solve a whole lot of problems mm, i think it's amazing what your brain can do and i think this is maybe a bit of a segue but how you say you go down a trail and you you the way you pick it apart what i always think is that the memory aspect to riding is funny if i have if i have to know something like somebody tells me something that i've got to remember i'll forget it yeah but if you talk to me about a specific route on a specific trail on a specific corner i'll know after riding hundreds of trails i'll still know exactly what you mean you know you retain that that trail information ready yep. for that next ride and it's i don't yep. know it must be you know that's only good for i say i've got a pretty average memory but yeah i can probably remember every single trail in queenstown after riding it twice yeah wow and you know i think maybe maybe not twice but definitely they're quite complex you know trails have got roots rocks trees roots yep puddles yep. and you and then as soon as you're bored with the trail ride down with someone better than you and yeah. you see a whole lot of new lines you didn't even know about yeah absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. that as well yeah so the way somebody else reads it as well is totally different yeah, yeah. but yeah it's got to be good for you yeah the old brain i think take going out on the bike yeah um yeah other thing i thought would be just interesting interesting to talk to because you know you haven't cut on, on the pod yet is the role of um e-bikes as well yeah so you know when you first first saw me i was grinding up the access road on an e-bike and it blows me away that people naturally ride up to the table on a normal bike yeah. <laughs> but um uh but but I, uh, but I found coming from you know um you know working all the time that was um e-bikes was such a great way to get back into the sport yeah and um and now i probably ride my natural bike probably 40 percent of the time because mm. after because you get so much more you get so much more riding in you get i reckon you get that kind of 60 or 70 percent kind of heart rate really good base fitness yeah and especially here because you are riding hills all the time so so you, so you absolutely get fit you lose some weight all those things but because you because you can ride up and you do more and more rides going down your schools get uh, get there faster but then what i found is i actually love getting back onto my natural bike now yeah so i try not to do too many days in a row on the e-bike i want to jump on my 140 and 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 ride that yeah and um and even learning to jump e-bikes are so stable they're a great way to learn to jump but then when i you know jump onto a normal light 150 mil bike yeah and and it's just such a cool feeling throwing it around it's like what's, what's your like e-bike of choice you've got a few yeah Which so your favorite so, so for the e-bikes i love the specialized yeah. you know just the integrated platform it's got a clown shoe on the front the new one's got a 29er so that's um <laughs> Uh, I actually quite like that. It's the new one's really good, and I like Yeti's. I I, I, I got an SB one six five for here. Yeah. Um, so that's the longer travel. That's a longer travel one, yeah. and that's great up at Skyline. And if you if you need to pedal a bit, if you're going to do squid, and that because you know that yeah, can you fix that? That right out on the downhill bike, <laughs> um, But you know, so one six five is great if you're going to do that, or you do the full downhill bike and have to pedal a little bit down the bottom. Um, but I've actually found, you know, with some of the great flowy trails, I actually prefer riding the SB140. Yeah. Because um, it's just it's so much lighter. Shorter so you don't, well, like. you can definitely be over suspended. Yeah. Yeah. So if I'm doing rude and and hot rod now, 140s is a weapon of choice. Good go to. Yeah. yeah. It's good to have the. I think that the bike park does take a bit of a burlier bike. It does get. Yeah. Pretty rough, but yeah, hopefully by. Uh, by spring, you'll be able to take your, your hardtail up there and should yeah. we, we I mean, the, the big secret there with an e-bike too, it's all year round, right? So, mm. um, you know, I, I sort of felt a bit naughty. So I don't I don't mind paying, you know, I love paying for, um, uh, you know, for my Skyline Pass because you get to use it all year round. And, yeah. you know, even though you uh, don't go up the lift, you're still using the trail. So always feel happy about 
paying that because it's a uh, you know for for the amount of riding you get compared to snowboarding yeah we used to around. call things like that just the queenstown tax if when you buy your uh, yeah your bike pass or your ski pass it just seems to be the like the queenstown tax if you like but again like you say the the mountain biking's year round yeah the skyline's eight months yeah of the year pretty much yeah but yeah the, the pass is you know around about 800 dollars now i think if you get the queenstown mountain bike club discount as well it's 799 so it's a yeah, hundred dollars a month pretty much yeah and you think of all the other things that you'd spend that on yeah yeah yeah. otherwise so yeah it's pretty tough to fork it out at the start of the season but then i guess by the time the season's come to an end it's probably one of the best investments i think you'll make yeah by the end of the season and again the community what i've loved about working at skyline especially just doing the lift the lift part of the job which is definitely not the most glamorous part you'd rather be out there swinging shovels on the trails but you get the opportunity to meet the community again which is I think well, I've spoke about it and you spoke about it a bit and that's what you know does bring this town together and I've been fortunate again with the transient nature of the town is making those connections quite well over the course of the season because you spend so much time in terminals just talking to guys yeah, and then they'll go off back to Whistler, Europe, wherever and you've, you've made such a connection through this mountain bike community that you I don't I'll never be shy to talk to the like hit these guys off if I, if I ever do go to meet them, it does give you quite a strong connection, I think, through the mountain bike lifestyle, I guess, which is... Yeah. I don't think... I don't feel like I get that with many other sports. It's not so no, so welcoming, I guess. Yeah. And now there's a few places where the heroes of the sport, uh, they're all here. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of last thing I had to talk about was... Um, so one kind of program we're sort of starting to work on at the moment is how do we make it compelling for all those top pros to come down here and base themselves? So... Looks like you know, the world's not opening up as fast as as we would have thought. So I reckon Queenstown's completely compelling for the top riders in the world to come and um, spend our summer. So because um, they've moved the crankworks dates around, the crankwork guys have been working on visas of getting the athletes in. So okay. a lot of those top people look mm-hmm. like they're coming through anyway. So that's cool. So I've just been chatting to you know the likes of Arcadrona and a few other tourism operators here how to work out how can we take some of the cost out of um you know those young pros or young aspiring pros um are coming down here yeah so uh Cadrona seems to be up for it they you know if people are staying in camper vans they're looking at opening up their car park and having power and internet and opening up potentially one of the um one of the apartments people can have showers and that sort of stuff so they'll be able to build a bit of a community around that and there may be places maybe there's some um, boarding places where we can you know, make it really easy for, you know, uh, for young athletes in their 20s to, to sort of come here, be safe, but not spend too much money. Yeah. So they can be here for three or four months. And again, you know, they just build a, build a, build a connection for life to Queenstown, but also all of that kind of social media content they create just helps build our story as well. So just sort of working through what we can do with that. And if we have all those top pros here, then all the local events that we have just has the, you know, the best riders in the world. And yeah. that's going to help for all of our athletes too, right? Yeah, absolutely. And um, you mentioned the Crankworks is coming here in November. We've there's been like talk of summer series. Do you know much more about that? Um, or well, that's all we being worked about? on at the it's moment. Just been worked on. Yeah, yeah. yeah nothing. Yep. I know there's nothing set in stone. I didn't yeah. Know. But I think mm-hmm. you know if we we're pragmatic about it, and there's a there's a consultation process going on with Destination Queensland at the moment, is that could be one of the guerrilla things that we do is just make it absolutely compelling for 
all those top athletes to be here. You know, yeah. and they come anyway, right? The teams come and do yeah. their things. But we could do some fun stuff. We could put put like a cable cam down Dream or Mini Dream. Yeah. You know, put a put a cable there. You can just throw your GoPro on and just make it really easy and welcoming. This um, vlogging lounge we're planning on doing would really help. Yeah. And uh, just just be open for business and be welcoming for those people and ambassadors for life. Yeah. Yeah, it's been uh, awesome to uh, see that. I think the the two that stand out for me is our dog. I think coming through every year. Yeah. And uh, Elliot Jackson as well. I've been to and Bernard Kerr as well. They've yeah, yeah, yeah. Those three, I think, over the last few years, I've seen definitely enjoy it the most and seem to be the most recurring. Yeah. Guys, I'm sure there's a few others as well, but yeah, it's been awesome to know that again. They can probably take the pick of anywhere else that's sunny. Where I think Spain might even have a kind of a similar season to ours. Yep. Where it's always kind of sunny in Spain, but they choose to come to to Queenstown, mm. which is you know for anyone that's not professional and has the just the means to get here for a, a season i think it's like a bit of a no-brainer really and again like you say we're getting the ability for people to make careers here through you know the projects that you've set up and the trails that we've been able to make through to your your help through the club and things which has been pretty outstanding so yeah it's pretty awesome place for people to definitely come for a summer like i did and then stay here for another seven years so far exactly <laughs> yeah but yeah other projects we talked about your brewery any any of the secret projects that are in in the future moving forward from this so or just between us cause i'm sure no one's listening all right i'm actually really excited um about wake surfing so i had a few of you guys out on the boat and um you know the you know it's pretty dusty here over summer yeah and being able to go out into that lake after a ride mm. is just quite awesome so been um, playing around with wake surfing over the last year and um, it's interesting because the boats don't put out that much wave yeah so the the waves are about 600 mil high and you kind of just kind of trim along them yeah so I was watching the America's Cut and I thought well and the other problem is you end up you know having to put put like a thousand thousand kilos of water in there yeah. to pull the boat down yeah which is pretty yeah, it's pretty expensive to you know have have all a, have a petrol engine pushing that around so one of the fun projects we're working on at the moment is experimenting with a electric, fully dedicated wake surfing boat. Okay. So yeah. our goal is if we can get up to like one one point two meter high wave and yeah. a really long wave. So if you could do like a forehand backhand sort of cutback, yeah, you know, proper figure eight, that'd be quite a different sport. Yeah. And um, we have looked at using the uh, foiling technology. Not to lift the boat out of the water, but to pull the boat down, so you don't have to. Okay, don't so you don't to, need the water to all um, the water. Board. Yeah. yeah, so just that, like the the surf boat's got about twenty k's, and so you can um, have it so that when you're less than that, you're not really pushing all all of the weight around. When you hit that speed, then the wings deploy and pull the boat down. So that was that's probably we'll get to in step two, but we're actually probably just going to build a really big boat with a big wave first. So so is this something that you've thought of? With a few people, or is it just something you saw? And oh, I, yeah, I, I really like like the only thing I really miss being in Queenstown is is surfing. Yeah, and um, you know, as you get older, I don't want to go out if it's more than sort of four or five foot. I've got yeah. no interest at all. And and also, you you know, it's got to be early in the morning and all that. And the kids, it's always hard. But you know, being being able to have mountain biking and then being able to get out on the water. So yeah. I'm doing a doing. I've been playing with uh, with flight boards, those electric yeah. foils mm -hmm. a little bit. And then that's kind of led on to wing foiling, which is quite a complementary sport to biking. And um, but I love the wake surfing because it's really social. You know, so you have um, 
eight to ten people out on the boat it's really close to the boat yeah and you know it's just beautiful being out there so you know a few, few of us have been out there over last summer but the, i reckon the wave's too small so yeah. but again, this foil use, idea is yeah. just something that you yeah or just actually not doing a compromised boat that's trying to be a water ski boat and a and and a wakeboard boat and a wake surf boat yeah because once you wake surf you don't want to do anything else yeah <laughs> so if you can just make the biggest hole yeah which makes the biggest wave mm. and then play with shaping that wave so one of the ideas actually is building essentially um like a flat bottom boat and then we can bolt in we can 3d print and bolt in uh different shape holes underneath to control the once you get the hole in the water that yeah. creates the shape of the that creates the size of the wave and then we should be able to play around and get the shape of the wave so got some guys playing around with cad software to see if we can make the biggest wave but don't tell anybody it's a no. secret I want to, I'll keep that one, uh, yeah. I'll edit that out after. Great. Uh, I also saw, you, the, you've got an old Porsche, that, are you turning that into an electric car? What's that project I saw? Yeah, I love Porsches and I love uh, electric cars, so we're um, just about to kick off building an, an electric safari. Yeah, oh, wicked. Yeah, yeah, so that's quite fun. So you've got the, you've got the car at the moment, have you stripped the car, out the yep. old engine? Yeah, dude, we've got an elephant racing um, sort of four-way force, uh, it's not a, actually not four-wheel drive, but a sort of jacked up kit and um then we found a, a crowd in the uk that um uh, make a a kit that has a tesla motor um, a tesla motor in it yeah and all the battery systems so that sort of plugs in so putting the electrics and the safari kit so put a little bike rack on the back of that and i'm yeah. sure there'll be a vhs video or something with that <laughs> featured yeah. sometime next year perfect yeah i look forward to seeing it just like so a bit of a tinkerer, but you've managed to. I just loved in that sort of project. Yeah, you know, and putting it all together is always fun. Yeah, no, yeah. It's awesome. I look forward to seeing them. I look forward to getting out on that bud. Yeah, we've uh, just punched over an hour there, so we can wrap it up there. And I'm sure we can find time for another one of these when we get a few more uh, trail maintenance things underway. Yeah, good. Well, aggress on the podcast. I like to listen to it. I've probably killed the killed the listenership now, but. <laughs> love what you do. No, I think I was like I say. I th- a lot of people. I think we'll be quite interested to hear a bit more about you, Rod. I think um, I've got the record of the worst biker that's been on the podcast so far. Uh, is there someone worse than me? You might actually have that one. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I need a t-shirt. Yeah, well, actually, you can at least ride at the moment. Yeah. I, yeah, I can't ride, so I've probably the worst at the moment. I've been out of action the whole time I've been making these. So, so yeah, but we can maybe get a t-shirt made up if it gets a bit bigger. Excellent. <laughs> uh, no, cheers for coming on. Thanks, Jimmy. We'll hopefully do another one soon.